Pints and Pies Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Pies Podcast. Tights and Pies. Last Christmas, we talked about wrestling, and the very next day, we did it again. This year, we're doing it again, because we don't have other ideas. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Lublino Heat, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the Dressiah, Danielle Radford. Oh man, it is now officially sleeves weather in LA and my arms are very upset about it. Uh, They feel like they're in arm prison. Uh, I've never been ashier. Also, for those who are keeping track, it doesn't count. You're still in the running for last Christmas. It only counts if it's the Wham one. Yes, it does. It was hidden in there. It's hidden in the frequencies of my voice. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? Because I'm an agent of chaos. That other, what's that? What was that laugh you just heard? I'm going to tell you, that was the queen of Lindy's. That's me. That's me. I'm here too. Yay. I have a sinus infection, but I'm here. Yay. No, I thought we fixed this forever. We went up in there, you guys. Everyone listening knows about this. It's fun. We went up in there. We did some stuff, but it turns out they can still get infected. And it turns out if you just keep telling people you've had a cold for three and a half weeks and you don't understand why, it turns out it was actually a sinus infection all along and you were just a fool who forgot you could still get those. Rude! Better the sinus infection than the other thing. Yes, yes. The two other things? This is true. So many other things. Three other things, They've all got strep. Everyone in England's got strep for the first time ever. We don't have strep. They got strep for the first time. Welcome to wrestling. (laughs) Not just three old people talking about illnesses. (laughs) Our old bones. (laughs) I have a fun exercise for us to start this off. I like to read Bleacher Report sure. from time to time. I like to get my information there because they cover many different sports. They also, uh, disclaimer, have what appears to be an active financial relationship with Tony Khan and AEW. But in their AEW section, they have an article titled Win-Win WWE and AEW Trades to Bolster Both Rosters. So I figured we could go through go through these and see what your reactions are to each of these trades. I've not read this prior. Oh, good. I've only seen the top one because I scrolled down a little. Let's do it. All right. First one, Jade Cargill and the baddies to WWE for damage control. Who? Hmm. Well, because you get a lot of experience with damage control, but I don't want to take black people away from AEW. I just don't want to, especially like black folks who are such a prominent and big deal in AEW, Mm -hmm. black women that are such a prominent and big deal. And also it's like, I feel like there are already so many characters on the uh, WWE roster who are like, I'm the baddest bitch, that Mm -hmm. it would, Jade would like kind of as entertaining as she is, the wrestling isn't quite there yet. And so I feel like she would get swallowed Mm -hmm. whole by all the other bad bitch characters, whereas she really stands out. And the baddie section, I'm sorry, is something really cool and really positive about like women's wrestling in AEW. I like that they do that. I liked Mm -hmm. when that one dude was like, can I be a baddie on Twitter? And then everybody was making fun of him and calling him a neck beard and all that other stuff. And she was like, oh no, next show, you are in the baddie section. And she like put him in the baddie section. It's just really important. 
empowering and cool. And I feel like AEW needs that more than WWE does right now. And why would we do that to okay. damage control? <laughs> what have they done yeah. to deserve that? <laughs> why are they not allowed to be on TV anymore? I know. Yeah. I don't want to have to watch fucking Dark to see EO Sky. Like, no, that's just unfair. And who would they wrestle? Each other? Because who else could they wrestle on that roster? Uh, Athena? They would wrestle Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel, the same as everyone else, Danielle. Okay, that's what they would do. They would do the same thing everyone else does, and they would like it. And then they would disappear from TV for approximately a year. And then they would come back on for one week, and then they would disappear again. So yeah. take your lumps, damage control. No, <laughs> don't do that to anyone. <laughs> Next trade, FTR returns to WWE in exchange for... Any guesses? Brawling Brutes, maybe? Nope. The New Day. Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) That's very cute. That's very cute. Aw, who wrote this? Which naive, optimistic, beautiful baby wrote this? Like, I love this person. His name is Anthony Tony. Oh, never mind. We don't need to talk about who wrote this. Um, Love this. Love this person's (laughs) optimism. Love that this person... Yeah says it's christmas day every day um yeah no no because new day gonna... are so Look. wwe they're wwe yeah. through to their bones you cut them open they would bleed the various colors of the rosters yeah and ftr are just upset men like and you know where upset white men belong <laughs> it's, it's not it's not in connecticut it's not at stanford although they're leaving right or they they've made noises about potentially taking a year off a major promotion. Uh, I read something last week that they said when their contract expires with AEW next year, they're going to potentially take a year out to do more indie stuff. Yeah. Which may be just they saying, are can we have more stuff. money, please? Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, or it could just be, well, fuck. This turned out to suck too because yeah. we had the worst tag team reign of anyone on the AEW roster. Yeah, because like that's the thing is if you move FTW or uh, FDR, sorry, FTW is uh, another thing on AEW. Too many acronyms. Um, but if you move them over to WWE, they've still got the we want to be the top guys problem and that's never going to happen in WWE. Not while you have the Usos doing all the Uso stuff. Like it's just not going to happen right now. The New Day are going to, those men are going to rock it till the wheels come off because they are one of the (laughs) most popular folks in WWE. They make all of the money in merch. Mm -hmm. They are some of the few folks who actually have real freedom to be able to do other stuff. Like, Austin doesn't have to leave WWE to be able to go and chase other opportunities. They let him be a host on like a whole other network. Like, Mm -hmm. and when those dudes eventually do decide to retire and decide they're not going to do this anymore, I don't see any of them not still working for that company in some way, whether it's working backstage, helping people write promos, whether it's on the announce table, something like that. Like, I just don't see them not working with that company. I feel like that's going to be one of those like lifelong things. I mean, as much fun as it would be to see them like play with their best friend, Kenny and like have fun with the bucks. I do think that that would be fun, but I just don't, eh, I just don't. And I do think FTR are a good option. I think actually I do believe FTR would be a fantastic option to take down the Usos or to replace the Usos because that would be an amazing pop. That Mm. would be an amazing moment if they come out (laughs) and, and a team that are, you know, the, the fundamentals of wrestling that like hey you might be the the bloodline but we are the best wrestlers and we're here to wrestle you like that would be yeah. a fun story mm-hmm. 
I guess it didn't go as planned. I mean, getting your arm ripped open probably is going to oh buddy what a bad run what a bad what a bad bit of luck i still can feel that when i think about that injury i can still feel it and i wish people would stop showing it don't need to see it ever no i got it don't need to see it pals don't need to see that don't need to see hangman getting the stiff clothesline really don't uh don't need to see that time billy ocean spray uh cracked his neck during a spanish fly no like there are the three injuries i like i don't need to see that people love to post what about sid vicious's ankle collapsing absolutely not yeah Yeah. i i any time when someone uh, do you know the only one i do want to see is vince's quads no i was just gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) the double quad the only time i do want to see it when i'm like that now that was entertainment that was the only time that you know and to be fair lest we sound too cruel we don't. But lest we sound too cruel, you can't see the damage. You just see it happening. You don't actually see like You the just other. see a grown man sat like a teddy bear with his legs stretched out, <laughs> cutting a promo while everyone goes, what the fuck just happened? And I have oh, a lot man. of time for what the fuck just happened. He does look like we had, when I was a kid, this, like, it wasn't a Teddy Ruxpin, but it looked like it. And it was basically, like, a speakerphone. And so the bear would, like, move its lips like Teddy Ruxpin every time it would talk. And that's, like, what it reminds me of. And I, I mostly loved it because my uncle would be like, I know you ain't got me talking out of that goddamn bear. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I have one more trade coming down the wire. The beginning of the text about this trade says, this trade is about a fresh start and white hot heat. AEW receives The Miz and Maurice in exchange for Sammy Guevara and Taekwondo. No, thank you. No, thank you. Return to nope. sender. I do not want to sign for this package. No, this person doesn't live here. I don't <laughs> all, know who this person is. Get off trades. my porch. Take You're acting like you just got a terrible lawsuit. Like, who's Lindsay <laughs> Kelk? I'm, I'm Kinsey Lowe. You don't answer the door. They yeah. can't serve you. I'm like, no, it's, the, um, it's me saying to the UPS guy, be like, I did not order this. I did not want this. I won't have this box in my house. I don't know where you got this from. I don't care if it doesn't have air holes and you need to open it immediately. Like, send it fucking back. Jesus Christ, imagine that in WWE. Almost all of these trades are bad for WWE. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's the thing. They only help Tony Khan definitely wrote this. <laughs> There's no way Tony Khan didn't write this. Donald Wood, whoever you are, you're not real. I I don't know if anyone has noticed The Miz's successful reality show on the USA Network. I have a sneaking suspicion he's going Mm -hmm. fucking nowhere. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte do not need to be encouraged. I do not want them together in in the ring. I do not want them in the ring. I do not want them anything <laughs> I, I will work on that i will work on that but you know i do not fair. want them on a vlog <laughs> i do not want to see them snog want her on his hog um no. <laughs> I, I did the pg-13 uk version daniel well went right, right in there with hard <laughs> like <laughs> yeah no like I, I i you know i'm happy for their love and stuff but like i don't like them together on tv because it, it's the wrong kind of heat Obviously, he gets it, but I don't like the way that she gets it. And I think that she's talented enough that she doesn't need that. Let him have the go-home heat. She's too good for that, and I don't like that she got roped into it. Yep, totally. Well, let's walk away from the fantasy booking, the terrible fantasy booking of Bleacher (laughs) Report. They got what they wanted, Hal. We talked about it, and now people are going to go click on it. We gave them a gift. Oh, my gosh. We gave them a gift. The clicks (laughs) through the roof now. The the site is down from all the traffic we just sent. You got that tights and fights, Rob. (laughs) It's the love bump. That's what we call it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, On Raw this week, we started to get a clearer picture of who will challenge Bianca Belair for the title next. Both Bailey and Alexa Bliss on a collision course to face off 
Who's the right person right now to challenge? Bailey. Sorry, it's not, that was quick. It's not going to be Bailey, though. It's going to be it's no, going to be Alexa. Gonna be Alexa. It's going to yeah. be Alexa. Um, yeah, you can't waste another Bailey. You can't waste you can't Bailey waste on another Bailey. loss. And they yeah. teased the Alexa again. thing the week before when she was, you know, not paying attention when they were saying how great Bianca is. And she's like, yeah, sure, she's great. Yeah. And does this mean it's going to be Alexa, Bianca at the Rumble, which takes Alexa out in the Rumble? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think that's smart. Um, Why you know you? She, she's not someone who will win the rumble. No, I don't. I don't want to make it like me banging a, a bad drum, but it's like I do. Just feel like there's weird vibes with Alexa right now. I get, I get weird vibes, and like we said last week, maybe it's that her character isn't like nailed on right now. We don't know what that is. I don't think putting her in a losing program is going to help figure that yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, unless unless it becomes one of those things where they Austin theory it, and she's like, okay, well. This is the, like, you know, I've been holding back, but like, th- and then that becomes like, she makes a new character out of that. That could be yeah. interesting. And that could be a way to say, if that's the, if that's like the end goal is to get her to a point where it's like, okay, you're going to have this loss and then you're going to, you know, maybe go off TV for a week and then you're going to come back and you're going to be, or you're going to go on TV the next week and you're going to be super angry. You're going to give your, I'm, you know, the, the, the speech Dolph Ziggler gives every time he's back mm-hmm. on TV, um, <laughs> have her give the Dolph Ziggler speech and have it be the start of something new and cohesive that isn't yeah. like, well, a little bit of this Alexa Bliss and a little bit of that because right now she is definitely like a potpourri of like she's like a greatest hits of Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss and she mm-hmm. just needs to be one thing yeah I completely agree and also I think Alexa has been really harmed by the constant pairings because they don't know what to do with her they keep putting her in tag teams that don't really mean mm-hmm. anything you know like they they called back to the Nikki Cross stuff at war games but then it's like, oh, and now I'm champion with Oscar for two minutes. And it's like, well, yeah. it's time for her to remember who she is and what she does. Look, I like Lily and I get it. It's a big merch seller. But like, I don't want both that and Bray. You like Lily? I enjoy Lily. I think Lily's yeah. time has passed. I'm willing to say <laughs> it's goodbye. It's time for the I'm dolly willing- to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to say goodbye to Creepy Teeth. Uh, it's it's the, the, the time for that is over. Put her in that incinerator from Toy Story 3, except nobody turns it off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> But maybe but that's how you get the teeth on that hell. There's real human I, yeah. teeth on that. You can't put teeth in the incinerator. It's going to ask questions. It's not the incinerator <laughs> company's fault. Don't drag them into this. Mm. I don't think at this point Alexa is a is a credible Rumble winner. So I don't think you lose anything not having no, her in that maybe. match. She's she's. I just like having her in the Rumble because she's shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But there there's plenty of shenanigans. Like she isn't. She's not the only shenanigans True. on the roster. It is more of a spotlight to be in the main event than to be in the Royal Rumble. I know, unless, but it's more unless fun you, to be in the Rumble. <laughs> unless you have a bunch, of, unless you have a lot going on, I think your your money might be a little better if you're in that main event. You tell know. Kelsey Grammer that. <laughs> uh, excuse me, who? Sorry, Darius the Rumble. <laughs> Thank da- you. Danielle wants to be in the Rumble. Like this is something he should be worried about. Like, this is something. I don't think Kelsey's into that, but maybe he is. I don't you know. never know. You never know. The more conservative, you don't know the more ask. likely. <laughs> I think we're getting to the point in Bianca Belair's run for me, and I I do love her as champion. Where I'm getting tired of watching her beat everybody on the women's roster, and at a certain point, it it uh she either needs to turn heel or lose the belt. And I don't know what I don't know that either of those starts to happen at the Rumble, but in the meantime, it's another placeholder feud. 
of somebody who will not win, that is not a clear threat to her title, that mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll have a, a, a very good match. But, uh, you know, again, I'm not turning on Bianca Belair. I am a fan. I, no, I do love no, what yeah. she does, but it's it's getting a little bit stale for me because what's what's le- like it was it was fun when i was a child to watch hulk hogan win every time because the good guy was winning against the big bad guy but looking back on it now like it just was same same so you know you squeeze all the juice out of the lemon and mm-hmm. then eventually you go to like bret hart undertaker you have to start trying out different champs yokozuna yeah. There's such a huge roster, and and there are so many talented people who could be in that spot to have the same character with no change. She has not changed. Yeah. Well, and she doesn't face. need the title anymore. Like she doesn't need the title to be Bianca Belair at this point. Right. And I wonder if nope. they are. Whole, I, I wonder if they're figuring out because they're doing a reality show, right? We're getting the Crawfords. That's that's happening. Yeah. I believe. That um, is good. <clears throat> um, and I believe you know that was usually when we'd see the Miz pick up a belt would be around the debut of a Miz and Mrs. season. So I wonder if they're going to bring it around, if that's going to come out around Mania, in which case mm-hmm. it makes sense to keep the title on her until Mania, because that's eyes. Um, and if not, if it's not coming out till later, then yes, it's absolutely time to start talking about her dropping the belt so that they can put it back on her when the TV show comes out, because that's how these mm-hmm. things work from a business mm-hmm. perspective. But I totally agree it's time. She doesn't need the belt to be Bianca Belair. No. She is Bianca Belair. Uh, I don't... Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's just it's just time. And I don't think that's a slight on anyone. And I wouldn't mind a Bianca heel run because like uh, I fell in love with Bianca when she was a heel. And could you imagine, because there's so much about like how obviously like incredibly athletic and incredibly strong and incredibly gifted she is when it comes to that side of wrestling. Imagine her beating a woman with another woman. (laughs) (laughs) I am. And there's so many women she could use for that now because there's lots of tiny ones. So it would be great. It would be fantastic. Uh, and yeah. I think her heel character is so great because it's it's similar to Becky. It's just an amplification. It's just turning it up to the point where it's no longer relatable and it's arrogant. And that's who heel Bianca is. And, you know, yeah. A, we all know that person. And B, love it. Yeah. <laughs> Loves it. Yeah. Beat it, a woman with another woman, 2023. Feels Let's like go. it's time. <laughs> if I told you that a division of WWE would be made up of Austin Theory... Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley. That's a pretty stacked division, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sweet. They're all still in the mix for the U.S. title. And it's that's notable to me because typically when you've had somebody who is a, a main eventer come back to a mid-card belt, like they did with Cena with the U.S. title in mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. That's when I started was, liking him. It was for service of, oh, we have to rehab this belt a little bit. So let's bring somebody who's a star in. They'll have it for a while. Then they'll drop it. They'll move on to the main event. And then, you know, you hope the title at that point has enough behind it to float. But this feels like, it feels like this belt is important. And they're forced to do that because one person has both world titles. This would have been the ideal version of the Brock Lesnar up on the mountain with the belts Mm. time. But now we get the benefit of a great story around the person who has those two belts mm-hmm. rather than I'm just off TV except for once every four months. And that's when you'll see these titles again. And the secondary titles become 
really important. You have a whole tournament to determine the challenger for the Intercontinental title. You have five really good wrestlers, some of whom are main event caliber, some of whom have been main event caliber, who are all vying for the U.S. title. It's never, the U.S. title has never felt this important. I very much enjoy when when secondary titles actually matter. Like, I, I think I've said this before, but I think when folks talk about the Attitude Era, we get really stuck on like, oh, it was so extreme and it was this and it was that. And part of the reason why it was so good and it built so many stars was because every single belt felt important. Mm-hmm. Every single match felt important. They were building superstars from the top down, or I should say from the bottom up. I would say that the last time that the U.S. belt felt this important was when Rusev had a tank. (laughs) (laughs) A magical time for all of us. Oh, what a moment. Tegan Knox is back, making her return on SmackDown. Nice to see her returning. I'm so pleased for her. I saw a bunch of people being like, oh, another time Triple H brought someone back and the crowd didn't give a shit. Like, you'd call this a pop, no one fucking cares. Triple H, bring back people that, that your fans care about. Like, hey, here's a wild idea. Not every person that comes in has to be a giant pop that people care about. It can be someone they build. It can be someone that is super talented and comes into the company to be great. When did it become that every person that joins a wrestling promotion has to be known by everyone before they get there? Like, Firstly, a lot of people do know her and were excited. And secondly, maybe she just comes in as super fucking talented and they build a character from the ground up. What? I, what? They want prepackaged action figures out of the box. Mm-hmm. You know it's what I mean? It's AEW like pop that's... syndrome. It's AEW pop syndrome. They spent two years building a company on... Just super intense, crazy pops of bringing your faves back at a dramatic moment. And now we've become conditioned to expect that every time we see someone on the screen. I don't know if anyone's ever mentioned this, but misogyny. Because it's always the women that they say this. It was when Mia Yim came out, they were like, no one even popped for her because no one cares. When Candice came out, no one even popped for her because no one cares. Tegan Knox comes out, no one even popped for her because no one cares. You didn't mm-hmm. care, person saying this. Fuck you. I cared. And also, let's build some talent. Let's bolster this fucking roster with intense talent, which all three of those women I've just mentioned are three of the most talented workers in the industry today, gender regardless. How the fuck do they think we're going to have people wrestling that people want to care about in five years when people start leaving, in 10 years when people start leaving, if they don't start building stars now? I'm sorry, it can't be like, you remember back in like, uh, I guess they still do this, but not as much because now big actors just have their own prestige TV shows. But remember in the era before prestige TV, when you would watch your friends, it would be like, oh, Brad Pitt's going to be on this week. It's like, okay. Well, you know what? Like, that's super cool. And it was, you know, it's cool when, like, all these other actors come in and and people are really excited about it. But also, you know, sometimes you just have guest stars that people like and then they become something, you know? I uh, yeah, go, so uh, you know, with family matters, Urkel didn't come in and he wasn't Will Smith. He was Urkel. And then he earned the love and affection of a whole nation <laughs> based on his love of cheese and his harassment of Laura. <laughs> Sometimes that is, harassment is important, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we do like, got to mention the harassment. Just pester your way, pester your way to the top, Urkel. Like. I'm wearing you down. That's how I feel about my cats. <laughs> he also stole the show away from Reginald Vell Johnson and Joe Marie Payton, but we don't talk to about that. To be fucking fair, no one of the kids that were watching fucking that show were like, oh no, the the the, the, the security know, guard from it, Perfect Strangers isn't getting... I mean, I give her her flowers. It was but her no, show. I do now. 
it was, was her, her show, show and to a lesser extent show. his show. And then it became Merkel's show. It's not his fault. It's not Jaleel White's fault. He's no, a kid. He came no. in, did a good look, job. he's a charm bomb. What's he going to do? Don't dim your light, Urkel. <laughs> and they all, look, they all still. Hide your light behind a bushel. <laughs> played many, <laughs> they made bushels. plenty of money from it. That show made all of them plenty of money. Yeah. That was still but they built syndication a star money then. From the, see, but that was another thing. Thank you for making my point. They brought in the popular security guard and her all cops are bad husband to uh, to uh, come in and have their own show and they thought they were gonna get the big pop, but what wound up happening is is they created a ground up star. Thank you for making mm-hmm. my point, Hal. You're welcome. Everything is wrestling. We made, look, everything <laughs> is wrestling. I made it around. I might diverge because I have ADHD, but I promise I have a point. <laughs> There, uh, there is an unsubstantiated rumor going around that uh, Sasha Banks is going to Wrestle Kingdom. There are also yeah, a lot of talks that. about her still, still negotiating contract with WWE, but that is stalled. I don't believe anything about Sasha until I see her on my screen. Like that's yep. when I will believe something about Sasha. This is going to sound terrible, and I, I really like both Naomi and Sasha, but at, at this point. In a negotiation process, I don't think either of them have any leverage anymore. And the reason why is because those shows are so stacked with talent, all of whom need screen time, all of whom deserve screen time, and some of whom have an opportunity now to develop because they're getting some screen time, Mm. that bringing them back in at this point, it doesn't add nothing but I don't look at the roster and say there's a Sasha and Naomi sized hole in what they're doing here. And if the, if only they had them, then X, Y, Z. I wouldn't even bring at this point. Like, I'm sure that stuff is stalled because it's like we, we got to make WrestleMania plans. So we will put a pin in this. If Naomi comes back, it'll be at the Rumble. If Sasha comes back, it won't be until SummerSlam. Or it is like a Cody where she comes at Mania, you know, like, mm-hmm. a, but like you say, Naomi, I feel like slots back in almost. Yes because she's so beloved. Like, I just think there's so much goodwill towards Naomi that's like a very warm, loving goodwill. Whereas with Sasha, she's been like made an icon. It, she's she's so much bigger than Naomi and that's not a slight on Naomi at all, but Sasha has made herself a symbol as well yeah. as, a, you know, a wrestler. She has, she she is more, she just is more. And it's partly because of what she's been made by the fans and it's partly by what she's done with her career. Um, and I agree because there's so much more talent now. Every time they bring in a Tegan Knox or a Mia Yim or a Candice LeRae, for example, like I feel the loss of Sasha less. I do think because she does take up so much space, they also are probably going to bring Charlotte back soon. Yeah. And Charlotte's going to come, they're going to bring Charlotte back before they bring Naomi, but before they bring Sasha back, uh, just because she's going to suck can. all the air out of the division. She's going to suck all the air out of the division and... Yeah, I think that moment has passed for Sasha. If I was to bring back Naomi right now. Bloodline that baby. Thank you. With what's happening on the women's roster. <laughs> thank you. You put her in exactly with the bloodline. You have her be her, her, you have her be there, Rhea. Again, I'm very much like have the one woman like in every faction at least. I mean, more than one woman is great, but have her be the lady in the bloodline. Have her be their like woman's enforcer in the bloodline. I think if you're gonna do all factions all day, which obviously, 
obviously Trips is a big faction fan. If you're going to do it, then yes, add a woman to the faction, put her in the bloodline. And then that's another way to, if they continue to want to do the story and they're going to milk it for everything it's worth, let's be fair. That's another one. They're going to rock till the wheels fall off or until like it's time for Roman to take a break. If you're going to have a female enforcer for the bloodline, there's somebody on your active roster who I think would do a really good job who I don't think has gotten the run she has deserved ever, and that's Tamina. I know, but we want Naomi. <laughs> like, I hear what you're saying now, but we want Naomi. She broke in with the Usos. It's there. I know, but Naomi married one. Or, no. <laughs> I, 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 I love <laughs> Tamina. We're all just a bunch I'm... of Tony Khans playing with our dollies here. That's what yes, we're doing. Yes, we are. I, like, I, I, do. I love kiss. Tamina. I'm glad. Yes, now kiss. But they I'm do gl- do kiss in hell. I've seen it on the television. Mm-hmm. I've seen and it on the television. In the RV. Well, You're not supposed to poop in the RV. Well, he no. didn't know. But yeah, you know, I, I, I do I like Tamina. I like that she's getting her flowers as of recent. I actually think that that wouldn't be a great position for her because she's always played the enforcer and somehow she always winds up playing an enforcer who takes the back seat. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want her to. Oh, Danielle. Well, it's in my brain now. I don't want them to Virgil her, and I feel like she's been Virgiled a lot. Oh. And I fear that because, I mean, I, I think she's great, but it's the position that WWE has put her in. The fans are not having Tamina in. The fans it, wouldn't buy her beating Rhea. The, the fans are not going to, they, they, and they don't, yeah, they're not going to buy her being beating Rhea. They're just Until not. Until it happens. They're, even then, because even when she started doing good and getting traction and people were like, oh, cool, Tamina's getting some stuff. It wasn't like, oh, hell yeah, Tamina, I always knew she could beat that bass. It's more like, good for her. <laughs> and I don't know if you want someone on a dominant faction where everyone's like, good for her. She came from a different era where, where training was different. And also, I'm sorry if Naomi and Sasha coming in with them didn't do it. Yeah, and she has a job for life because her dad allegedly killed a guy. So, you know. (laughs) Hey, if you've got any thoughts on the last month of wrestling, you can tell us about them in our Facebook group and find us on all the socials via the links in the show notes. When we come back, it's time for the main freaking event. That's up next on Tights and Fights. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great. But have you considered something a little more unconventional? Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds? On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelp. Now it's time to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to oh. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Rhymes with shit. Holy shit. WWE Dynamite. I love Kate. I hate ducks. On a hard fart victory. Live, pal. What? what? <laughs> Rhymes with shit. 
that sticks out to me every time I hear it. I just can't. can't. I, nothing oh, else. Raya. Nothing else you, matters to me. <laughs> Seth Rollins just passed his 10th anniversary on the main roster of WWE. He's been a champion at every level in the company from his time in the Shield, all the way going all the way back to FCW. He was a champion there as well, feuding with Roman Reigns. Two years ago, when I walked into this building, it was for one reason and one reason only. That was to prove myself and become the best. And that's exactly what I did. My goodness. (laughs) He was in The Shield, then The Authority, then Mr. Freakin' Rollins himself, the icon, the whatever you want to call him. Now his hair is two tones again. He's bringing it all back. <laughs> How do you feel about Seth just in general over his time in the company, over over this 10-year span? He was amazing on the indies as Tyler Black. He's one of those people they put the rocket on, and I'm like, that fucking makes mm. sense. And I think during his time in The Shield, he was kind of like the overlooked one like obviously roman was big sexy blue-eyed for some reason roman you know they had dean he was like the wild card i'm like a wild man and with seth it was always like oh he's like the smart one he's like the architect you you know which is like i mean obviously because that's like a profession that only exists on tv and then when they broke up and they started really pushing seth i feel like everybody kind of felt a little wary of it and then like when he got the money in the bank and like stepped the fuck up and started dressing like a power ranger we were like okay i get it honestly the worst thing I could ever say about Seth is you can be a company man without like having to be a company man on my Twitter. Like be a company man. That's fine. They made you a bunch of money and they really like you. And it's one of those things where it's like, look, I understand that different people have different experiences with where they work. Obviously you've been treated very well. So you're going to think about it differently than other people. But it's like, man, you don't have to like literally stand up for W hashtag stand up for WWE. Like, it's a big company. It can defend itself. And I know that sometimes like people, you know, I could see how you could get like irritated or whatever, but it's like, you're you're irritated at the top of the mountain. Like it's for the you group can, chat. That's for the group yeah, chat. Yeah, save it for you the know? group chat. I, the, yeah. What do I what do I say? Some things save them for the group chat. Not everything needs to be on Twitter. And sometimes it's like, you know, you can just like text your wife that. You know, like not everything <laughs> needs to be and it's fun. Like it, it's not like the the back and forths he has with wrestlers and like other companies and stuff, because I think that stuff can be fun. Like Seamus just had a back and forth with someone. It's mostly when he gets on there and he's like, I can't believe we have the it's like, dude, shut up. You work for the biggest company in the world and you're one of the biggest names at one of the biggest companies in the world. Um, but that is like literally my only real criticism of him is like stop fucking brown nosing in public you don't have to do this no more whenever i see him doing that on twitter i always just assume he first said it to becky while she was like doing the dishes or something and was like oh yeah babe yeah yeah no totally babe yeah okay and then he just like yeah and he's like why is she not listening because she just doesn't care or agree uh so she's just like yeah no, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no i actually have to keep this baby alive so like no but you're yeah, yeah totally and then he's mad and goes to twitter because uh, like that's why most people do those things imagine she's like doing his her reps and he's like spotting her and he's like and she's like just trying to get her reps in at one point she's he just like a drops the barbells on her so that he can like go tweet 
Yeah, Becky's just trying to get on with life, you know. And it's like I don't have. She doesn't have time for this. Also, Becky is a fucking queen of Twitter. This is not about Becky, but Becky's so great at social media that whenever yeah. he does these things, I feel like he runs up and shows her his phone, and she's like, "That's cute, okay." Yeah, but right. I'm better at this than you. Like everything else. Um, no, I I like I love Seth Rollins. I feel like I've gone through every time we talk about him, I've either been like, "Yeah, he's great," or "Yeah, I don't care." Um, and the I don't care is only because he's so omnipresent. Um, mm-hmm. And I love what he's doing right now. I I will admit he has an uncanny ability to turn me around every single time. Like every time I've been like, I'm over this. And then six weeks later, I'm like, oh shit, he got me again. When he started coming out in the ugly ass suits, I was like, I fucking hate this. I hate this. I don't get it. But he persevered with it to the point where it is, you know, time equals comedy that I am now so on board <laughs> with the dumb suits every week. I'm like, what's he gonna wear? This week's suit, love... beautiful cropped blue jacket and pants combo. Ooh. I mean, honestly, I was like, where can I get that? I, I was oh, someone fan. found it. I'll send it to you. Oh, excellent. Someone Thank on you. Uh, the the guy from the Wrestle Club found it and was like, should I buy? Or you know, the Wrestle Club, the high school students was like, should I buy this? The black lace number that he wore a couple of weeks Yo. ago was the sheer black lace pants and shirt with just the little trunks underneath. I was like, this Fucking... is beyond, and it's like that's art. And you're in a, a world of hyper-masculinity and then you're coming out in this like sheer black lace suit. It's fucking beautiful. And I do think he doesn't get enough credit for that. Like, he's quite subversive mm. in his way. Like, he's he doesn't play it that way. You know, he's never put been put in that mold of being someone that's playing with things like that. But he is actually very subversive. I, uh, I want to know who their stylist him. is. I want to know who yeah. him and Becky... They clearly share a stylist they and that stylist has a someone. vision... Yeah, they've got to be working with, with someone. someone. Um, but I think it's just been like absolutely stellar of late. Um, and I, I just think whether he's your favorite wrestler of all time, and I feel like he isn't many people's favorite wrestler of all time, mm-hmm. but he is one of the greatest workhorses they have ever had. Ooh. Well, he's so Honestly. young. He's so he's still young, only ten years into his career at WWE, and just can do anything he asks you ask him to do. He'll do it, whether it's tweet to defend you or, or <laughs> do the job. You know, like, and he'll I, make it work. He made Joker Seth work. He has made every iteration of his career work. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is as I think you hit the nail on the head, Lindsay. He his ability to adapt, yeah, and make adjustments. Hmm. Whether that's him or whether that's what creative gives him, like, you know, whatever he's given, he makes it work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of it feels like it shouldn't, but it does. The way he commands a ring every week when he comes out, he can open the show, he can close the show, he can bring the temperature back up in the middle of the show. He he has, and I have noticed it more and more lately, has such an uncanny ability to just play that audience like a violin like he plays Mm -hmm. the audience like an instrument he can make them do whatever he wants them to do and it is Mm -hmm. 100% self-assured every single time he comes out he can get them to sing his music he can get them to shout whatever he wants he can get them to respond in whatever way he is that is such a talent and the confidence in him to do that Mm. and that is the difference between a great wrestler and a great WWE superstar Seth Rollins hearing the chants he heard in Cardiff, Wales. Portland! 
as a character storyteller, he's sort of the king of mind games. And I keep so coming good. back to it. I know I've mentioned mm. it a ton of times, but his match against Roman Reigns for the title, where he comes out in the shield here, where he's manipulating yeah. him the entire time and trying yeah. to play that out. And it's really like, you know, a lot of, of Roman's path to growth has been exercising the demons of his past. He's done mm. it over and over and over again. And that was a big one and maybe the best one. Like I said, man, water under the bridge. Water under the bridge? Okay, okay. Well, what about the time I took a steel chair to your back and changed the game forever? Seth is a character. The way he he manipulates and worms his way into his opponent's mind, whether he's a face or heel, is fantastic. It's kind of an underrated part of his character. And Mm -hmm. continues to deliver. You know, I wasn't watching him when he was Tyler Black on the Indies. So when I saw him break out the Phoenix Splash at Mm. the 2015 Rumble, 2016 Rumble, whenever that was, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, this guy really can do everything because he hadn't done it at that point. And now he's done it more since. But just there's always as much as he gives. You don't feel like he leaves anything on the table. There's always something extra left in the tank. And that is that is the mark of a very special performer. So he's not he's in the main event right now in terms of he's in it for the U.S. title, which is sort of the main event uh, of of Raw. But you know, it's been a while since he's challenged for for the unified world universal heavyweight galactic championship. <laughs> what do you think his timeline? I don't think it's a question of of if he goes back there. It's a question of when. I think you kind of have to wait until after this Roman run ends. Yeah, yeah. Whenever it comes to its conclusion. Well, and should it go to Cody at some point? I think Cody Seth Mm -hmm. coming back together is a natural fit because a they had absolute bangers and b there's Mm. unfinished business. You Mm -hmm. know, if it had just been well, they kept wrestling each other and we were a little bit like, how many more times these motherfuckers going to wrestle each other? But then Mm -hmm. Seth put him out for the best part of a year. Tell me that's not unfinished business, you know? Uh, And I know Seth didn't put him out. It was like he did it himself by training too hard. But storyline-wise, Seth put him out for the best part of a year. Um, And, you know, also, I I don't know if Cody is the first place the belt goes if if Sammy's in the picture, because I want Sammy to get it so bad now. Yeah, I think um, that all of the all of the stuff that it could have been, it would have it would have been a great program. But Sammy, yeah. Sammy, Sammy did. Sorry, but even that way, you could still have you could still have Cody Seth too at Mania this year. Mm-hmm. Have Cody get his revenge for putting him out, uh, and then have Cody go into a championship program against Sammy. You know, like there's there's mm-hmm. other ways. There's a million ways to do it. I think any. I don't know. Anything Seth does is fucking gold. Like, and you can put him anywhere in the roster and he'll carry it. Yep. But I do think you keep him clean of the title picture for another hot minute. You know? Give it some space. He doesn't need to go up against Roman again. Give that room to breathe. Uh, Let him just carry on winning where he is. And again, like we said, when he won the US title, it was like, he isn't someone who needs it, but he was someone who will elevate it. Mm-hmm. And I think he did. And I think he continues to. As someone who missed the, almost the entirety of the Shields run, I saw their their sweep of of evolution that led to the the turn on Raw. I did watch that. I watched that live. How big of a surprise was it to have 
Seth be the one to turn on the other two. It was weirdly devastating. There were so many memes of like, so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. I think someone did that Ooh What You Say song that was on the OC. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bunch of like, and, and you can still go back and people still post like, I'm still not over when the shield broke up. You know, that faction made us care about them from being the enforcers and and being the heels into being turned into like these faces in like SWAT military gear. So I guess we got to have some conversations, America. But anyway, uh, to being turned into these faces, it, it was a big deal when they broke up because we were all like really invested in them. And I do think even though they're not one of those factions where I think the special thing about the shield was. A lot of these factions, like they morph and they change. And, you know, Bullet Club's a great example. Four Horsemen's a great example. DX is a great example. NWO is a great example. Uh, the name stays the same and the themes stay the same, but the, the the players change. Never did with the Shield. And part of it is because, like, it felt like a long time when they were together. But, like, in, in, in wrestling years, it really wasn't that long. I can't believe you are inflicting Kurt Angle erasure here, Danielle. The Kurt Sorry, Angle in the shield vest erasure, having the and time H of his life, too. the happiest day of Kurt Angle's entire life. When you, <laughs> but I, I insist everyone pause the pod immediately and go and pull up those photos it of Kurt Angle coming happy. through the crowd with that little beaming smile. He was, it was so he was happy. Too happy. I remember when that happened. We were like, Kurt, Kurt, you're not supposed cool, to be Kurt. happy. The shield aren't happy. They're the sad boys. And, it's like you got invited to the cool kids' table. It's like, act like you've been here before, Kurt. It's the first time he's walked out in 25 years without people singing You Suck. So that's, that's a big true. fucking deal that for Kurt. True. Like, <laughs> it's a big deal. Uh, but I agree on the turn. It was intense. And I think part of that is because the, it's not like a regular turn where you're just turning for your own ends. Like, he was not only turning to for yes. his own ends, he was turning to side with the fucking McMahons. You know, it's like... He's siding with the ultimate enemy. Mm-hmm. So we are double betrayed. Like you're turning on your friends and you're turning on your friends for these guys. Like it's the worst possible turn that you, we could imagine, um, which made it very intense. Uh, and yeah. Oh, Seth. Oh, Seth. How could you do yeah. that to us, baby? But I will <laughs> watch anyone take a chair to that version of Dean Ambrose like. Morning, noon, and night. You, oh, it's, yeah. it's on record how much I hated Dino Brosoli. So like, this is fine uh, by me. <laughs> where do you think, when his career is all said and done, assuming he stays with WWE forever, for the and a day. Of it, which seems likely, I don't think his position got worse when Triple H took over. No, <laughs> seems not. Where, where do you think he's going to slot in all time? You think he's going to be a top 10? Just for even just for WWE, Oof. Oof. is he a top ten, top All five, time. top twenty? It's really 20. hard because he is like when you. I think I think hindsight will be really helpful for us on this. Yes. I think when we mm. get, it's kind of the Sheamus thing, right? Where Sheamus has always been there and always pulled his weight and always made people look great and always brought banger after banger after banger to quote the man himself. Too but sure. it's only recently when we started to zoom out. And look at Seamus's career as a whole, rather than yes. looking at the macro, um, that we see what actually Seamus has brought. It's huge. Seamus's impact and contributions are huge. It's just mm-hmm. we didn't really see it because he wasn't always the champion. Um, Seth, I think, you know, has got more focus on him than Seamus. But when you zoom out and look at all that he's done and all that he's mm. brought, it's huge. His his contribution is enormous. Um, plus, it's not over. 
Like he still has time to yes. do so much more than he has already done, which is in, just incredible. I think he will always be listed as, you know, he's never going to be the person that like, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. But I think he will always be one of those people that the industry looks at as, hey, you know who really fucking held shit together when we needed it? It was this guy. We wanted to hear what you in the Nation of Conversation think about Seth Rollins. And here is how you answered. Nate on Facebook said, I remember being introduced to him as Tyler Black on Wrestling Society X, teaming with Jimmy Jacobs as Do It For Her. That's my first connection to Seth Rollins. He's come a long way. Seth's confidence to wear whatever is the thing I like the most about him. Mm. Sure, he's good in the ring, but his drip is insane. Carrie also on the Facebook. Do it for her. Sorry, we got to acknowledge that do it for her. It's got to be a. It's got to be a Simpsons reference, right? That's like Homer. Homer yeah. working at the uh, the power plant. Yeah, when he's stuck. Yeah, you'll be you'll right? be here forever. You'll be or here forever. Do it for her. I'm like, oh my god, now we're best friends. <laughs> now we're best friends. Wrestling Society X was a strange program, but they just they let them just run yeah. wild. Over what are you going to call your tag team? Well, we're going to reference the Simpsons episode where Homer has to go back to work. At the <laughs> oh my god. Well, you see. Marsh just had Maggie, and wait, where are you going? Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> Carrie on Facebook said, I love that according to Mox, he met Rollins at an indie event in Peoria, Illinois, or what we in Peoria refer to as assbag wrestling. No shade to local promotions, that's just what we call it. <laughs> Lauren on Facebook said, I love him and would do anything to get him a deep conditioner. Oh my god. I get Seriously, just... Every man on that roster needs Olaplex badly. Got to get, you know, even if they don't want to do the Olaplex, they could get the K18 now. The K18 is also excellent. You don't even have to like leave that on and wash it off. You don't have to, Olaplex, you got to leave it on and wash it off. K18, you just use it as a conditioning product after you've washed. It's wash and go. Get you some K18. You can afford it. One bottle will last you a year, fellas. Uh, Purple shampoo, K18. Let me know. I, I, you know, I'll hook you up with the PR. Just let me make this happen for you. If you want to share some thoughts on Seth freaking Rollins, visit us on any of our social network accounts via the links in our show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hello, I'm a stuffy dowager countess. Travis? I'm judging everybody's manners. Oh, no. Schmanners isn't judgy. It's about teaching you to be your best self. And be a little more confident when you enter social situations that you don't understand. And maybe also teach you a little bit about history you didn't know or give you interesting things to talk about at parties. Yeah, like The Secret Life of Emily Post. Or like why wristwatches are the way that they are. We can talk about table manners from the Victorian era. Sure, or what it's like to attend a Regency Ball. Yeah. Uh, you can find all that and more if you listen to Schmanners on Maximum Fun or wherever your podcasts come from, I guess. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And Lindsay Kelk. Now it's time to share the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Danielle, what are you putting over this fine morning? I am an unabashed Ricky Starks fan. I have said it a million times. I will say it a million more. Ricky had 
just an amazing uh it's really hard to match levels with mjf when you're doing a promo off with him it is really difficult it is well known that mjf is one of the best promos in the game right now some would argue the best promo in the game right now and i i don't know i haven't done enough thinking about it but i wouldn't be like you're wrong if someone wanted to say that ricky did a fantastic job of holding his own against him it did feel a little scripted it did feel a little stilted but the more that he does that the less that that's going to happen and when i say a little scripted and a little stilted that's only in comparison to mjf if he was in the ring with anyone else it wouldn't even be something that you would like notice it's just or if he was in wwe you wouldn't even notice it it's just that like when you're talking to someone who sounds like he's uh He's speaking, uh, uh, you know, the thing where you're speaking off the top of your head. Um, (laughs) When you're talking to someone who always sounds like that, like anybody can sound scripted, but it was uh, really, really good. And I think we got a clip. I am Ricky Starks. I'm going to stand 10 toes down right now. Next week, I'm smacking them all off your neck. I'm stomping an asshole right into you, and I'm taking that title. And that's just a clip. Like the promo itself, I think was like four minutes long, which is fun because like if you watch moments of like MJF when when they show him, there are like these little moments where you can tell he kind of wants to be like, oh, he got it. But, you know, you can't like smile or anything or show it on your face. Mm. But you can if you've been watching the wrestling enough where you can kind of see when people are trying to hide something. There's a couple of moments where you're like, oh, that boy proud. That boy's like, oh, shit, he's got something. He's on to something because MJF uh, loves wrestling, even though he pretends he doesn't. That's it for me. Oh, also, uh, William Regal, uh, his last thing, the way that he left with his speech at the last AEW was very good. And go check that out. Also, I wish for all of you this holiday season, you have somebody stop an asshole into you. Find that special (laughs) someone to stop an asshole into you. God willing and the crick don't rise. We're JCPenney. This (laughs) This weekend, a special stomp an asshole into you sales happening. Lindsay, what do you want to put over? I would like to put over, um, there's, there's two things, but they're both very quick videos. One is Colt getting chopped by a kid. Uh, if you've not seen this video, go check it out. It's all over the internet. Colt is walking around the ring and like lets some kid chop him and he absolutely thrashes him. And Colt's reaction, you just reminded me of it there, Danielle, when you talked about MJF's reaction to Ricky Sartre. Colt's reaction to getting chopped by this kid is priceless because he actually <laughs> slaps the shit out of him. And he walks away, obviously planning to go back. And then he has to stop and be like, oh my God. And like turns back and they go back and like raise the kid's hand because it's very funny and it's very cute. And that also ties into my second uh, very wholesome clip, which uh, I am sure Julian will find a clip of because I didn't warn him in advance, which is extremely rude of me. But there is a very, very wholesome interview on WWE. Uh, I think it was on their Instagram with Candice LeRae and Baby Quill, uh, oh. where they're talking about uh, Candice coming back and how, you know, she... I don't always love the, like, I have something to fight for now. Because I'm like, you had something to fight for when you were taking a shoe full of thumbtacks to the face, baby. Yeah. And you nailed it. Uh, but it is so incredibly wholesome and adorable that she said that, you know, she says, oh, I feel like a new woman. And then Quill says something and she's like, we do, don't we? We feel like new people. And it's very, very, very cute and wholesome. Uh, if you need a little palate cleanser on your holiday wrestling, go check that out. I think it's on the WWE Instagram page, but it is adorable. And like, it's just the beginning. That's what's so exciting. It's literally just the beginning. And I cannot wait. I mean, I, it's only one of three. So I got two more girls to take out, don't I? <laughs> huh? What do you think about it? Do you have anything to add, Quill? We're doing big things, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're going to do big things. Yeah. 
It's very cute, and it's a cute baby. They did good. They did good. Oh, uh, they! I know. Oh, they did really good making the internet's nephew. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, since four wrestling things have already been put over, I don't feel bad putting over a non-wrestling thing. It's the holiday season. It. Which means we watch a lot of holiday programming, a lot of holiday movies, a lot of holiday specials around my home. And one that I had not seen before that is new, if you have an HBO Max uh, subscription, is A Christmas Story Christmas. And, you know, they say you can't go home again. However, I I thought that this as a sequel, they figured out a hook to, to, to get into it. It's really, really well done. Almost everybody who is alive is back Mm -hmm. And it gives you That Bob Zemeckis Definition of a sequel Which is here's everything you loved About the original again Um, You know we're hitting all the same Notes and it's It's fantastic it's well worth your time To watch check that out It's good to have new uh, Christmas Programming highly Did you watch the Guardian specials yet Oh yes I've watched the Guardian special Guardian special is great and also, if you've never watched Noel, which is on Disney Plus, it actually launched with <sighs> Disney Plus a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. It is. It should be in your regular holiday movie rotation. We watch it every year. I cry every time at like the mm-hmm. same two or three spots. It is fantastic. Again, like uh, just a cast of assassins. Great stuff. Highly it is very even cute. like Mike when you get Michael Gross to play a small part, <laughs> like you know you're doing pretty well. So I, those are my. Uh, those are my holiday picks for this week. How I can bring it back to wrestling. No, I, I don't. Who recently. said I <laughs> wanted it brought back to wrestling? How dare you? How dare you? There was a time uh, all the way back in the time of 2020. AEW was, I, in my opinion, a very, very different promotion uh, than it is now. <laughs> uh, and they were, I think that they were willing to be a little bit more silly and a little bit more like off the wall with their presentation because they just didn't seem to care as much in a weird way. Uh, and in 2020, they decided, hey, what if the show airs on on the Turner family of networks, which every year will play a Christmas story for 24, 24 hours, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what if we had all the wrestlers reenact a Christmas story with uh, with all of them in various roles, with Jim Ross being uh, reading off things, basically enacting a table read, but also uh, performing the scenes in the ring as well. And that's where you get fun things like this. What was I doing? Wake up, stupid. Wake up. No, 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 wait. I wanted a fish. Line. I wanted an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200 shot range model air rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, no. Watch 24 hours of a Christmas story on TNT starting Christmas Eve at 8. And there you go. Aww. I might have to go check. <laughs> I feel that like out. they would not do that today. <laughs> oh, Chris Jericho's greatest performance since he said he wasn't a political person. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, where was Santa on January sixth? <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Hal Lublin. You can hear me in the new Squanch game, High on Life, yeah. coming out the thirteenth. What am I doing in it? I don't think I'm allowed to tell you yet, but. See if you figure it out. <laughs> you can also follow me at Hal Lublin for all the other fun stuff. Thrilling Adventure Hour show on the 17th. Both shows sold out at the Bourbon Room, but there are streaming tickets available. You can watch from the comfort of your home, and you'll still get the full Thrilling Adventure Hour experience and see what it was like 
uh, when we were doing it all those years ago. I can't believe we haven't done a live show together in L.A. I don't think a proper show in almost eight years. And so this is a huge deal to have us all together again. We're very excited about it. I have seen the scripts. It is actually happening. If you go to Thrilling ADV on Twitter, you can find the ticket link and and join. Watch with us, please, won't you? Danielle? Oh, gosh. I used to listen to y'all at work all the time. So I'm really, really excited. Before I even knew how. So I'm really, really excited. As for me, you know, the usual. I mean, obviously, we're going to be on some breaks, but we're going to have some fun stuff for you for that thing that I do. Honest trailers. Sorry. I was trying to find the name of the other thing because uh, last time I tried to plug it and I couldn't remember the name. And I was like, well, that's not very uh, oosy of me. So yeah, uh, go ahead and watch them. Honest trailers. We'll be doing that. I have... Some stuff coming up uh, that you would probably uh, enjoy. I am. I did uh, an episode of College Humor's Dirty Laundry on Dropout, which is basically like a game of mafia with drinking, where like we all gave them a bunch of like funny stories, and then they read the the, the host reads the funny stories. Her fashion sense is impeccable, by the way. And uh, after, and then we all try to guess like which one of us uh, was that janky person the story is about. It was really, 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 really fun. Um, and I'm on it with a bunch of uh, D20 uh, sl- uh, dice slinging nerds. So when that episode is out, and I believe it should be out this month, go ahead and check that out. And then uh, if you enjoy me doing the dice throwing, I'm going to be doing that a bunch next year. So I will keep you posted and informed. Awesome. Lindsay. I got books, baby. I got books and they are Christmas themed. So yeah, you can check out The Christmas Wish wherever you may be. It is out. If you would like a signed copy, I believe you could still order them from The Ripped Bodice. The Ripped Bodice. Uh, Or Roman's Bookstore in Pasadena. They both have signed copies here in the US. Um, If you're in the UK, you can get the super limited edition hardcover with the foiled boards and the snowflake end papers Ooh, that's mm. book porn for those who don't know uh, and the ebook is available everywhere the audiobook is available everywhere if you just want to like you know message me and i'll call you up and give you the gist uh i won't <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired i'm busy uh but you know check it out wherever you buy your books indies are great we love supporting indies um but you can buy it wherever you like to buy your books or you can request it from your library although someone messaged me after i said that on our most recent episode i said the book was reserved until april um, and it's not Christmas in April, so I apologize. Um, but thanks to everyone at that particular library who has reserved the book all the way through 2023. Uh, but yeah, the Christmas wish out now. Christmas is a year-round holiday. Did you know, by the way, the Ripped Bodice recently had a radio ad and they used a very familiar song in it? Oh, we have don't some audio did. of that, don't we, no, Julian? No, Julian, Julian, don't. <laughs> Julian, Play that song. Don't. I actually, Julian, you know what's weird is I Julian. actually did the read for the ad. Cut it, cut it. <laughs> the Ripped Bodice has everything you need for your holiday reading pleasure, including The Christmas Wish by Lindsay Kelk. Get your copy today. See, you thought it was going to be filthy, but it wasn't. It was actually clean and pure. It's just it was. that music it's very works wholesome. with everything. Super wholesome. Danielle That's was so wholesome. scared. I was. I'm she not was losing so scared. this year. I should be you know in an what? airport. I'm not. I, I, I'm in it to win it this year. Listen, I'm Ka the Python. You can trust in me. I did not sing. <laughs> That's I did true. not sing uh, last Christmas. Thank you. I didn't do it. I appreciate you. No, it was the it was 
Come on, it was what sexy music stuff. Was I know, it? I heard it. Was it. Sexy I was song. like, I was like, let me just go ahead and text. And I was like, ah, okay. Now we're home. Quick, Julian, play it, play it. The earbuds are back in. Play it, play it. <laughs> I listened to it on like November first to get it out of the way because I'm like, I'm in. I'm the master of me. I'm the master of me. I'm like, no one else is getting this. <laughs> oh, Whamageddon. It's Wham again now to here, everyone. Our producer is the punset power bomb Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. They're in the show notes, as always, which is where you can find the official Tights and Fights t-shirt. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Um, I'm not going to deal with that after I've been like on my feet all day in a place that smells like ass pennies. Oh, <laughs> Comic Cons. I'm recording. <laughs> I'm also recording, but I didn't say ass pennies, but now I did. That's a lie. Ass pennies. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I am recording. Ass pennies. Say it, Hal. <laughs> say it, Hal. <clears throat> ass pennies. Thank there you. it is. Ass pennies. <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported